Hey everybody, welcome to the Craft Business Life Podcast. My name is Lee Solomon. I'm very excited about my guests tonight. They are an improv duo, uh, one of whom uh, has been on the podcast before, Nanette Deasy, and her partner in improv, uh, Grace Ann Dorsey, is here. And uh, their improv duo is called Double D. Uh, They've been doing it together for a few years now, and they both do a lot of other um, acting and filmmaking and all kinds of different things, and we're going to get into all of it, and I'm very excited to do so. Thank you so much, ladies, for for doing this. Sure. Um, Grace Ann's mouth is full of cheese right now, so I think she would tell you that her last name is Dorse. Oh, it's Dorse. Oh, Dorse. I am (laughs) so sorry. I thought Dorsey. I apologize. Fine, and I there's a, no why, is there? I no. just see it and I do not see. Wow. Cheese and crackers, so I couldn't really answer. Yeah, so, I sincerely so apologize for that. We'll be yeah. chopping don't, a little don't worry bit. about it. Dorse, Grace Dorse. Dorse. I always Excellent. say it's like horse, but with a D. Right. Well, that that would make sense. So, um, why don't we start with how you guys met? Interruption. Okay. Although it would be great. You, you were Dorsey and DC. Oh my God! I'd be so good. My mouth is full of food. By the way, we're eating snacks during this <laughs> this podcast, so I love the ear crunching. That's what totally it is. Fun. Yeah, Dorsey and DC. All right, maybe I'll change my name, Dorsey DC. Nice. I like that. <laughs> so speaking of, why don't we start with how you guys first met and how you ended up having this improv duo? We met at the pit, didn't we? Right. I was going to say Erty which is the uh, Improvisational Repertory Theater Ensemble, thank you for saying the full name, um, <laughs> that Nanette uh, founded and is the artistic director of. Um, but actually, I got involved with Erdie because we met at the pit. Yeah. I forgot about that. We were doing Pit TV, which is like a sketch video uh, arm of the People's Improv Theater. Um we got put on a team together. We just liked each other's style. Mm-hmm. We were one of the very, very few women, I believe. Yeah. And and as usual, women are the ones who like are the most put together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I forget who was even on our team. So you're, you're, <laughs> no you're put together in the Dissing. sense of like like clothing, or what do you mean by no? Put but together? like we like we're very we're very. I think we we match each other in. Yeah. In our level of like, I guess OCDness, and also, not OCD, but like we're um, on top of things. Yeah, the taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember we actually we did that um, that voiceover for Nick Mom, um, right? With um, Tim Veerling. Tim Veerling, great and guy, great guy. And I remember thinking because we were in often you just record separately, but we were improvising. We were in the booth together. And just thinking like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Grace Ann is an awesome improviser to to play with. Yes, but I think, oh, Tim was on Pit TV with us. Yes, that's how. Oh, it all so comes I know Tim. I, I knew Tim before Pit TV. That's right. Totally separately. Tim's awesome, by the way. From a separate area of life. And so I keep forgetting, okay, this is not interesting to anyone listening. Um, <laughs> the point is, we just met through the improv world, really. Yeah. And um, I, we like each other's style, and we mesh on a on a professional level of our commitment to it. And I think um, humor level too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what. I, yeah, that's what. I yeah. mean, like our styles. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how did the duo officially begin? Do you remember which one of you said to the other, hey, let's do this, or? I don't remember. I know I that... just grabbed her and kissed her. I know, it was, it was love at first sight. Romantic. It was very, except Alex was there. It was, he was a third oh, wheel. Oh, shit. He, lo- <laughs> he liked watching. I'll be honest. Sorry, Carrie Ann. No, it's, it, didn't, it didn't happen. It never happened. <laughs> Um, keep pouring the wine. Um, yeah, for for a brief moment there, we were triple D with Alex Deaconess, who I knew way back from uh, from Gotham City Improv days. And I don't know how that you how you and he met. How we all through Ernie. Through oh, it was through Ernie. Was it? Through, oh yeah, yes, it must be. <laughs> I have to throw this in just to give him a <laughs> shout out, and maybe I'll connect with him at some point and get him on the podcast. Uh, Nanette and I both worked with this guy, Alex Deaconess, at Gotham City Improv, and he is uh, an incredibly talented, incredibly funny person, and a great guy, and uh, uh, one of the best people I've, I've ever worked with, for sure, yeah. We miss you, Alex. We love Alex. We would totally be Triple D again, Yeah. but um, Alex's work schedule was just really crazy at yeah. the time. Sure. Um, so, which is why we just kind of left him for dead and went on to be double D. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he's, he's cool with it. He knows, he knows about us behind his back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would totally, I would totally be triple D again. So Alex Deaconess, if you're listening to this, um, life is hell with just Nanette. Save me. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so when you guys started, how did you start doing shows? Where did you do shows? You know, how were you able to get on stage as a duo in front of people at first? Uh, mostly just begging and asking people. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. we did stuff at so the you would put up and your flash, own shows. And, and flash in our double Ds. Exactly. Uh, it's a lie. It's Not, like neither a, one of us has double. I have like a, I have a minus A, really. I don't know what you're talking about. Double D for me means um, batteries. So I'm a little confused about the oh. reference here. Well, um, yeah. No, I'm talking... <laughs> what? I'm talking about bust size, Nanette. Butt size? Bust. Oh, bust? Yeah. I say what? this. I say this as I'm wearing a men's t-shirt I got at the Boston Goodwill. It's a very sexy men's t-shirt. It's a very sexy Boston gray men's Goodwill. t-shirt that I got at the Goodwill for, I think it was $1.50. It just drapes over her body, leaving lots yeah. and lots of room for imagination. <laughs> That's all I got going for me is your imagination. That's it. Just imagine imagine anything. Really. I'm, and I'm just here sexily shoveling cheese into my mouth. Well, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, performing. We, I mean, we did a bunch of, we did other people's shows at the pit. At, um, lots of stuff mm-hmm. at the, in the basement of Triple Crown. As I'm sure everyone ah, yes. has done. Every, every, everyone has yes, done indeed. until you sit up and you realize, I'm in a basement and the door locks. <laughs> this yeah, is a fire hazard. It's really scary. Things fall from the ceiling. Um, I managed we, to put up a bunch of actual one-act play festivals down there. Believe oh, God. Not. Really? Yeah, I'm not wow. around at that time, but yeah. Well, you know, so that's I can't another story. It's free space, yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, again, I am... So fascinated by all the real nuts and bolts of improv. Um, even though I did it for a long time, I now feel very disconnected from it and really want to know more about it objectively. So 
you know, Nanette, you have a strong improv background, which we talked about on, on your podcast. And Grace Ann, I, later we'll get into your, your background as well. But in terms of how you guys started working together, um, both with Alex and then later just the two of you, you know, first of all, like, did you rehearse? Did you have a separate coach or director? Because especially with improv, not having an outside eye, I would imagine, is challenging. But you tell me. We always, um, mm-hmm. we always worked with coaches and and also considered them when we were doing a, a very structured, specific show. Like we've done um, two of our, our most recent shows. One was Grants and Buckets and one was Rejects Anonymous. We'll talk more about that later and bore everybody. Um, although, no, I, I'm not going to say bore because I think it's a really good no, show. Bore. Bore. Exactly yeah, what we're doing. You've got to sell this, Nanette. Exactly what we're doing. you got to sell about. this. That's right. Like That's right. telling people that you're wearing a gray men's t-shirt from the Goodwill, which I am also wearing. (laughs) And that's in my shirt. I was jealous. Um, We're wearing it at the same time. Yeah, it's that big. Um, But yeah, so when we have a structured show that's uh, very formatted, um, we'll think of it more as a director because we have our idea of what we like to do and what we think is good and proper. We've studied enough with other teachers and uh, continue to study different workshops and different places um so I think when you say that you have a coach I think it's when you have the same format that you're doing over and over and over and over again and we don't necessarily do that so I don't know about you Grace but I think of it as director rather than a performance right when when we're doing a formatted show which I want to clarify is it is like I would say 99% improvised Mm -hmm. There's a structure to it, but it's the contents of the show is completely improvised. But it is it's formatted. So yes, we have a director who's helping us shape the structure. Um, but then sometimes we also meet for just regular practices and rehearsals where um, we'll just practice our scene work and mono. We really mainly do mono scenes, mm-hmm. um, and for that we just get a quote unquote coach. Yeah. Um, and we used to have, we loved Ashley Ward, who's we now miss in LA. Ashley Ward. She was awesome. Amazing. Nate yeah. Foster. Very, very, very good as well. Very good. Very handsome. Yes. Um, and then who else? Oh, uh, Sarah Nowak. Who's terrific. Who's amazing. And uh, Danielia Donahue. Who was just okay. I'm kidding. No, no, she's, she's terrific. <laughs> she's great. She's great. No, I'm like saying, like, because everybody that we've worked with, every coach and director that we've had, we've been very, very lucky with that have been really smart, well, really excellent, talented But people. I think that also speaks, I'm going to use our coaches as an opportunity to compliment ourselves <laughs> because we, I think because we are we are so on top of things and professional and respectful that these people these coaches are very talented and they probably have a lot of people who are asking them to coach right and I'm going to imagine that they rejected like all these other people who are asking them to coach and they chose us. I'm just going to imagine. You can imagine that. Yeah. Or they were available that night. Or they just happened to be available and needed, you know, needed whatever, 60 bucks or $80. I don't know. But, um, yeah, we've been very lucky that. I think it also helps that we've been, that 
I keep laughing to say we've been around the block now. We've been, we've been <laughs> improvising for a while. And we've both been not just improvising, but been performers for right. a long time. That I think we have more of a sense of, you know, who we are as a group and what we want to do, um, which I think helps when you're working with a coach or a director. So you're not just kind of flailing around in a rehearsal going, you tell us right. what we should be doing. Right. Which I think then you get the most out of the person that you're working with. Yeah. Right, which is an interesting dynamic, uh, you know, that kind of give and take. It's not like a play where it's the director's vision. Right. It's really you guys' vision and the director or the coach helping you shape it. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned structure, and that, of course, something that can help, um, you know, when the two of you are up there. Um, so let's start with the mono scene uh, that you alluded to. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that's when your entire set is just one continuous scene. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that could be as long as what? A half hour? An hour? It could be as long as you want. <laughs> we won't leave the stage. As long, yeah. you know, until we drop dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, when we're, do when we're doing somebody else's show, it'll usually be maybe like, it could be like 20 minutes. But I, like anywhere between 15 and 25 minutes. Yeah, but when say. it's our own show, we'll do an hour. Yeah, if it's if it's one of the more structured shows like Scranton Buckets or Rejects Anonymous, it's fifty minutes to an hour until the theater kicks us out. Three hours continuing on the yeah. street. But is that are those those structured show, shows still the mono scene, or are you doing a different structure? No, it's a different structure. Okay, it's it's a structure unto itself that we have developed. Um, just to be clear, if, if anyone doesn't know, listening to this, a mono scene is where you're doing a scene in one continuous location and time and space. So if, it, if you're doing a scene in a living room and it's two characters talking, um, if a character gets up and leaves to go to the bathroom, then they need to be gone for yeah. two minutes or however long it takes to go to the bathroom. And the person left on stage is continuing the scene by herself. Um, or the person who leaves to go to the bathroom can come back on right away, but they have to be a different person. Um, so so long as like it's still the living room and it's still, you know, the time is 4.06 and then it's 4.07 and then it's 4.08. So yeah, real time. I have to say it's I'm a really... lengthy well, description of real time. <laughs> I have to say I'm really tickled sometimes. I love leaving Grace Ann. I love leaving you on stage I by love, yourself. I love leaving you on stage. Oh, we love leaving each other. But it's just it's just so funny to me because like you're fine with it. You're absolutely fine. It's a very engaging scene when I she's by it. herself on stage and she's just existing as her All character. All the attention's it, on me, Nanette. Exactly. And she's like, and she doesn't get, it's not like she gets flustered or she's just living as this character. And I'm like, I mean, like I could be off for like 20, I could go get a burger or something down the street and she'd be fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Grace, I was like, you should do that. You should do that more. I should, I've been thinking honestly about doing solo What's that called? One prof? Uno solo D. Prof? Uno D. <laughs> Uno D. Uh, anyway, I'm just a attention slut. <laughs> but I think it's it comes from just at a certain point, you just get comfortable on stage. And you just yeah. sort of trust um, just living in the environment that you create. Yeah, and I want to break all that down a little more. So first of all, something you just mentioned... So even in the mono scene, 
where the the scene is continuous, the location and time are, are unified and everything, but you can come on and off as different characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we have. That's interesting. Um, so just for the sake of this question, let's assume you don't even do that. Let's assume you're doing one mono scene where you guys are the same two characters the whole time. I, I was thinking about I don't think I ever did that in my improv days, and I was, I'm realizing, actually, there's a lot of freedom in that because you don't have to stress about tag-outs or edits right, nobody's or coming to sweep anything. Anymore. You can yeah. really just do genuine, true scene work, and nobody's going to interrupt you. Um, so that sounds like a, a positive to me. Um, but when you're up there, I know you're both very experienced, but... You know, what are some of the things you have to think about or, or trust that you're going to think about, you know, to sustain it, to, to, to be able to do this, this effectively when it's just the two of you without Annette up there? I, I think without Nanette up there, what? <laughs> My dream come true. No, <laughs> me, me, me. There you go. <laughs> that's that's my that. cartoon cat crying. <laughs> mew, 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 mew. <laughs> so I think um, personally, it's just sort of reminding yourself to stay present and also pay attention to your scene partner to really kind of watch what they're doing and not impose what you think they're doing on them. Just sort of really take off. Um, just sort of look at them and just see, like, well, what's the energy that they're giving you? And just respond to that or name it. Were we not recording that whole time? That was- no, you were, but it just, oh. like, stopped for some reason. You're good. Okay. So that was brilliant. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening, if there was a slight tiny burp there, something happened. Grapes. Why not? So, um, right, so listening and, and being present, of course. And I know that in terms of the content of the scene, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in improv, you're not trying to really force any plot or anything, but but what are you really trying to build? Is it mainly the relationship? Are you trying to find conflict? You know, what, what actual elements of the scene are you trying to build to, to make it sort of, you know, solid, I guess, for the audience? Um, I don't think, I, I don't really look for conflict because I think that that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Not dangerous in a good way, like, ooh, dangerous. I think it could get, it's a trap. Mm-hmm. Um, I really try and play the relationship. I disagree. <laughs> Fuck you. I'll try. <laughs> so, can I swear on this? <laughs> Zing. You can, oh, well. absolutely. You can say anything you want. Um, uh, yeah, I think, uh, speaking just for myself, I, I often argue and I need to... So that's something I need to work on on stage is like, don't argue with my fellow players. Um, uh, what was the question? <laughs> Just, you know, what are like the actual elements or the content of the scene that you're sort of trying mm, to create right. or build? You know, what, 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 I know there's no like necessarily show. Yeah, what, the, what makes an improv scene work, you know? Uh, well, that's a different question if I'm answering it um, as an audience member mm-hmm. or me in a scene because I work on different things in a scene. Um, uh, it's like I can only really focus on one thing at a time. So if I go into a, if I go into a show 
telling myself, okay, Grace Ann, today you're going to work on not arguing. Um, it's just kind of like a, not a mantra, I guess. Not yeah, a mantra, but like a, a focus. Or it's a, just a focus yeah. um, for what I'm going to work on that time in a show. Um, I'm going to piggyback on that. I, I do that yeah. sort of too. Yeah. So I guess the biggest thing I focus on most reliably when I do shows is defining what my character wants and having a very strong emotional point of view. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I need to always work on. So for me, I look at shows, I love performing and I love doing shows, but I look at shows as just more practice and like, what do I need to practice on? Yeah. And sometimes it's about what's interesting to work on for this particular show. Like we always do work on like listening to each other and having an emotional point of view, as you said, in a relationship. Um, what you want from the other character, but sometimes I will also, especially when we're doing um, a structured show, like for instance, Rejects Anonymous, which was an improvised self-help group for people who feel that they've been rejected in life. And I'll sometimes, I've sometimes done things where I'm like, well, I want to try and differentiate characters because in that one we play a lot of different characters. And I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do something physically different for each one, or I'm going to do an animal imagery thing. I'm going to play a different animal. Um, just stuff like that. That's just acting exercises, mm -hmm. which can be kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And it also gets you out of your head a little bit mm -hmm. because you're playing with this. So you're not too focused on being perfect and right. Yeah, no, very, very much so. Uh, very cool. And, you know, obviously, again, your goal is when you're up there to just be fully present and, you know, focused. Um, you know, do you ever find yourself um, distracted or something and you realize, oh, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I didn't I'm listen to anything attention. that just happened five, for the past yeah. five minutes? Yeah. Never. Never. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Grayson's laughing. Can I call you out on something? Yes. Nanette, um, her strongest, her, her strongest um, skill as an improviser is not uh, remembering names. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. All right. I'll own that. Yeah. I'm not very good at names. Uh, which is why I love Rejects Anonymous because we have name tags. Oh, right. We do. We do. <laughs> Thank God. What is my, what is, what's your name right say, now? I don't know. It starts what with is a name. <laughs> I want to say George. Close. Damn. How do you say my last name? Dorsey. Dorsey. It's French. It's Dorsey. 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 Um, Dorsey. Uh, the, oh God, I, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting your questions because. Have yeah, you ever, do you ever you find yourself on my... stage realizing you're distracted or you're not paying attention or you're not sure yes. what to do? No, 100%. We're, we're perfect all the time. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, we're human. And I guess, what do you do? Just kind of jump right back in, right? Yeah, or sometimes That's... you just kind of ask the Like, you know, sometimes yeah. you just have to, like, straight out ask them. If you and then you make wrong. it a thing. Then, yeah. Like, you make it, like, oh, God, I'm so sorry, I, you know. Uh, whatever. I just woke up from anesthesia. I had knee surgery earlier yeah. today. Or I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What's your name yeah. again? <laughs> yeah, and then and then it just and then it becomes part of the scene, and it becomes yeah. a thing where like this character never listens. And um, well, hey, because that's what's true in the moment. So yeah, that's right. what's happening. So you just call it out. Yeah. Or you can also fall into just 
like respond to behavior and body language and adopt body language of your own and like um, just start working in a more physical realm. Yeah, I think you just have to sort of refocus and concentrate because it's not like you, you can't bail on the scene, especially when it's a two prof or you're doing a mono scene. You can't oh, yeah. bail on the scene and be like, well, I don't know what's going on. So <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> Except when we leave each other on stage alone. Yes, to get burgers down the, down the street. And so I, I assume that, you know, other than the obvious things of like being able to be seen and heard and trying to do quality work, like we're talking about, you know, you can't or shouldn't really worry about the audience directly about, about their reaction or their whatever. But, you know, from the audience's point of view, you know, what do you think, I'm sorry if we kind of answered this already, but, what, you know, what do you think makes it compelling? You know, again, Nanette, you and I talked about how good improv can and should be seen as really legitimate professional entertainment. So what, what do you think makes, especially when it's just the duo, not that it, I guess it shouldn't matter how many people there are, but, you know, what makes improv truly enjoyable and compelling for an audience, do you guys think? It's a huge question. Yeah. I know it is, yeah, um, but I'm fascinated by it. <laughs> uh, there's like an academic answer. Yeah. And then there's an answer that sounds like a cop-out, but it's really not. Like mm-hmm. it's the je ne sais quoi a little bit, mm-hmm. which is the cop-out answer, but it's all, but like the, the academic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like the academic answer is you know, truthful scenes is the character being true to whatever they want. Even, even if what they want is like totally crazy and out there. And what's the, like, what's the cliche that we always say uh, in improv? Like if you're going to Mars or something, or like if you, there's always when people talk about the, Oh, crazy town. Or like, if you're you're going to crazy town, if you're going to go to crazy town or go to Mars and talk to Martians or whatever, like no matter how crazy, it is whatever your character wants. You have to be emotionally truthful to it. Yeah, as long as it's grounded that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many like uh, academically correct um, traits to successful improv. Yeah, I but would, yeah, I'd say it's also again the intellectual. The good answer is you know being vulnerable to a certain extent, being sort of a real person in an unusual circumstance, um, being as vulnerable as you can in a scene that you're just making up. Um, probably an honest answer is also, it's funny the audience will watch, but that brings the bigger question of what makes something funny. Right. Um, and it's not it, just jokes on stage. It's part of it is being vulnerable in unusual circumstances. Two responses to that. One, one like tried and true um, academic rule to good improv is don't try to make jokes. No. no and I know you didn't mean it. But I didn't. Yeah. I know. <laughs> How dare you? I know you didn't mean it that way. It's yeah. like, it's the, it's the jokes that yeah. come out of the character being truthful. But um, yeah, don't ever try to make jokes on stage. And then what was I going to say? I, I think that the humor comes from, again, like, really truthful characters in very yeah. bizarre circumstances oh. behaving the best way you can in, in crazy town, I suppose. Right. Not, I, not that you're going to crazy town, but that's I nice. remember we 
always go to crazy town. We do. <laughs> we we have always. A, we have an Airbnb um, that we visit. People, people <laughs> like people d- die in all kinds of weird ways in our shows. Yes, or there was a t- period of time where I was constantly locking Grace Ann's character yeah. in basements. Yeah. I don't know what that means or what that yeah. I say, but I think my husband liked it. <laughs> He's like, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I was going to say to you about being funny. If you're going to go to a comedic improv show and you expect something to be funny, then yes, I you should expect it to be funny. But also, I love seeing improv that is just engaging, whether it's dramatic oh, or yeah. funny. So even in a funny, in a comedic improv show, you might get some dramatic moments that aren't funny, but you're still 100% engaged. Because but they're the, still interesting, yes. Because the characters are so into it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it's probably unrealistic to expect it to be constant laughs unless they're doing sort of really cheesy improv or whatever. Right. Um, I don't mean go for the laughs or anything or tell right. jokes. I mean, there's stand-up, which is beautiful and wonderful, but that's a different medium. Right. Um, that doesn't work, but I mean, we'll be honest. Did you say that stand-up doesn't work? No. It doesn't work if you try and do stand-up <laughs> oh. in an improvisational. All of stand-up is a sham. Stand glad that I'm putting that out there right here now. It just doesn't I don't work. get it. Right. I don't understand what the big fuss is. Stand-ups are hacks. I'm going to have what Nanette DC says that. I'm going on the record. No, no, no. I said that like, if you try and do stand-up with an improv, in an improvisational right. setting... It's going to backfire. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the point of But Yeah, but people come to certain improv shows, unless it's dramatic improv, and expecting it to be fine. And, you know, so I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. I'm eating a cracker. Otherwise, she would say a lot about that. <laughs> so when you guys finish a show and come off stage, you know, are you able to remember most of it? Do you... Nope. You know, do you have a sense of how it went? How do you self-evaluate if you do after a show? We enter a fugue state. <laughs> yeah, we have, we're like, what are we doing here? I remember getting up this morning. Um, I don't remember a lot, actually, about the improv sense yeah. that we do. I were some moments. I just know that it's, it, I know it was good because I've had fun. Yeah. If I'm feeling miserable, I probably was not that good. Yeah. Um, I remember, I'll remember a show right after we do it, but then it quickly, quickly fades from memory. Yeah. Which is why you should always record your improv sets. Yeah. I mean that seriously, actually. Yeah. You mm-hmm. should. But do you guys, so so sounds like you don't worry too much after about, oh, next rehearsal we got to work on this or anything like that. I think our, the things that we need to focus on are pretty constant okay. yeah so it's not like one show is going to reveal something to ourselves like oh my god i had yeah. no idea and what that was the final exam yeah yeah or it's not like i mean i'm always trying to discover new things about myself as a performer and, and critique my own performance but i usually have to work on the same thing all the time yeah, sure. so it's an ongoing process of yeah of course yeah. of course very cool. Very cool indeed. So, um, uh, again, the net uh, has been on the podcast before, and of course, Grace Ann. If you know, uh, we, we may do a, a solo episode with you at some point. If depending, you like. on how, depending on how but, this goes, <laughs> get no, the ratings no, up, guys. You're, you're, Come you're, on, you're certainly welcome. But uh, since we're here, we might as well take the opportunity. 
Um, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got started in, in, in acting and improv and everything. Well, what if this is the first time anyone's ever hearing Nanette talk? We got to hear about well, they, her. No, they, they already heard me. I lived on a, another podcast. But what can, if this is the introductory can, podcast? Stop can, avoiding uh, the question. Okay. What are you hiding? Episode, yeah. <laughs> um, about me, I have two cats. Mm-hmm. Nanette wishes she, she has, has she cats. Has, she has two Three sort of cats. I have two and a half cats. Uh, I have a I have a taxi well not um I say taxidermied cat because if I said freeze dried, you would think of like a little freeze dried strawberry for the astronauts. Yeah. Or folders. Um or folders. Folders It's a freeze dried cat. He looks like he was taxidermied. Wow. So I just say taxidermied. He was he was dead before I got him freeze dried. Don't worry. <laughs> just, <laughs> I found a dead cat. <laughs> the ASPCA will be over right yes. <laughs> ding ding um, this is my cat Beaker he died I got him freeze dried and now he has become uh, a valuable member valuable honorary D in yeah. double D double um, D and B double D and B he's, he's actually um, he's integrated into our Scranton Buckets show um, and then we've done two films with him Mm-hmm. As, I want to talk about the films too. Yeah, you did a, films with him before he before, before he, he yeah before he transitioned. Uh, I did films with him. Transition? You can transition <laughs> from many things into other many other things. Um, <clears throat> I did many films with him when he was still alive. Uh, Beaker, everyone, let's hear it for Beaker. He's 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 so cute. Yeah was very cute when he was alive and he's very cute now i mean like yeah. it may sound strange but he's a he's a great scene partner and i have to say so the one time uh we did scranton buckets at the pit loft which is the location of the original pit um and we were getting ready backstage and there's a big mirror mm-hmm. backstage and nanette take it away oh i i saw i saw beaker's ghost I really did. I really? For legit, for real. And it was um, it was not my imagination. It wasn't the fact that it was the night before Halloween. It was, mm. a, it was a Halloween show. And um, we did the show, we did the show called Scranton Buckets, which takes place in a haunted bucket factory. And Grace Ann would play this character who was a former um, secretary who worked there, who was still kind of living in the abandoned factory with her with my cat Beaker, her dead cat Beaker. Well, you know he's dead and freeze dried. <laughs> was sitting there like, but anyway, so we left him on stage and we're getting ready backstage and in front of the mirror. And I look down, and I see this fat little gray cat come through the wow. mirror and just walk past my feet. And I just went, "Oh, Grayson, I just saw Beaker." <laughs> <laughs> and much to her credit, she didn't say, um, "You're crazy." <laughs> oh no! And Nanette was Nanette was afraid. That I was gonna or like, be upset or something. Be upset like... or think she was crazy, and it was like the best thing I could have heard. It was amazing. It kind of also just came out of my mouth because I just saw he just kind of came like he just walked right. Through. Yeah, he just really walked right through. It was yeah. like one of those things where you see it out of the corner of your eye, but then you look full on, and they're there. Mm-hmm. And that's one just... of those amazing theater stories too. That's very cool. So, so okay, so wait, so let me hear more about this Scranton Buckets, because you referred to it a few times. Um, so you said that in this one, you play a specific character the whole time? Well, just so... Start off. We, we start off as um, definite characters. I start off as Kath, 
who was the secretary at Scranton Buckets forever. And then Scranton Buckets uh, closed, you it's know, been shuttered for shuttered. Um, and Nanette plays Rhonda. Rhonda. Yeah, Rhonda, is, the realtor. Yeah, she's the real estate agent who is trying to sell Scranton Buckets to this um, giant mega online corporation named Piranha. Not to be confused with any online. Not to be confused with any other online giant marketplace. Uh, where do piranhas live, Nanette? Oh, I don't know. Someplace in the Amazon. Amazon? <laughs> uh, anyway, and the audience is the, the piranha. The piranhas. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, the audience. Uh, the audience is supposed to be like the piranha people who are like coming here to see Scranton buckets and like get accustomed to their new warehouse. So the first like whatever five minutes or so, we are these characters. Um, nothing is written, so there there is a lot of improv involved. Um, there's a lot of crowd work that Nanette does as Rhonda, so it is very improv heavy. But we know we are these characters, and then as soon as we get suggestions from the audience, that's when the the improv starts, and we we get suggestions from the audience in order to build out. Um, like, what is the haunting of Scranton Buckets? Yeah, why what is this is... place been, what happened that was so terrible 30 yeah. years ago? Yeah, so we have, and we also know when we're doing scenes set in the past and when we're doing scenes set in the present. And so we know that, but as far as like, what are those scenes about? Who are the characters in those scenes? We have no idea. Those are all improvised based on audience suggestions. Yeah, we're just basically improvising the story of the haunting. Yeah. Um, what's Very haunting cool. Scranton Buckets? What happened? What happened to the past to make it haunted? And then we bring it around, then we come back as the characters at the end, and we somehow we wrap it together and tie it up. Yeah. And this is a show you've done a bunch of times and will do again? Yeah, we originally yeah, we originally did it for Scranton the Scranton Fringe Festival. Yeah. That's Scranton Buckets. Ah, Grace okay. Ann's originally from. I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. Um, and so I, I, I was submitting to the Scranton Fringe Festival. It's a really, really great fringe festival. They're terrific. They're you should really all submit to it. Yeah. Um, Fun festival. Yep. Great. I didn't submit this year. Yes. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> I just need a break. Yeah. I just need a break. I figured. Um, Unless I was like, but, uh, I wonder if she's doing a one-woman show. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my solo prop. Um, Uno D. So, yeah, I was like, I wanted to submit something to Scranton Fringe Festival. I didn't even know what it was, but I came up with the title. I literally just one day, I just like, was like, Scranton Buckets. The name of our show is going to be Scranton Buckets. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what it is, but we're going to do Scranton Buckets. And then from there, we just developed the idea. Yeah. We met and I think we, we started like hashing out a structure together yeah. over like over dinner or something. Yeah. 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 By dinner, I mean wine. Yeah. <laughs> wine. Wine. I have to ask, by the way, as a, as a side note, did, did, did I assume, or you tell me, did Scranton, like, did the office, like, sort of give Scranton some kind of renewed, like, popularity or awareness in the uh, world? Or was it not a big deal? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't lived there in so long that right. I don't really know how much of the 
artistic renewal is based on the office and how much is just people in Scranton work really hard to revitalize the art scene there. Oh, okay. So cool. I, I, I would feel bad crediting the office yeah, when no, there's definitely. like there's a lot of actual people like working really really hard to bring yeah. the arts back to Scranton. Oh, absolutely. Um, no, no, I, I mean, the office doesn't hurt. There's right. a lot of indie art. There's a huge indie art yeah. scene there. Yeah. Yeah. Very um, cool. And every time I go back there, there's like n- new art stuff happening. So I'm really, uh, I'm really proud of Scranton. That's fantastic. Keep going, guys. I admit, though, I was really annoying when I went to Scranton. I was like, so with the office, is uh, does it look like the do uh, how many of the exteriors do they use? Oh, and people like, would ask you that. No, I I was oh, I you was were the asking. One. I was yeah. the asshole. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and then just be like. Well, it doesn't really look like the office. Well, that's because I'm out of here. <laughs> well, that's, the like, that's like my thing is. Uh, I was fascinated. I feel like you know you're you're a true New Yorker when I remember moments because uh, I I still love Law and Order, but you know you see Law and Order and it, you know they'll do the little. Like where it's supposed to be, they'll put on the screen. And then you're like, like no, West it's not. 57th Street. Like, that is, I know that block. That's not West 57th. Yeah. What are they talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The office did get a lot of stuff right in terms of um, names of places and general attitudes and like, oh, that bar sucks and that bar is great. Really? And, oh, okay. Cool. Oh, yeah, the, where the good pizza is. Yeah. They actually, they did get a lot of stuff right. They did their research. But in terms of what the office looks like, it's totally off. Sure. Like, yeah. you, you can tell it's that is L.A. all the way. Yeah. 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 Scranton, Scranton does not look different. like that. Yeah, Scranton is still a bit of uh, the architecture is of a different time. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is, it is like 1950s coal mining. Yeah. Uh, Slightly depressing. <laughs> Sorry, Scranton. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, again, I'm similar with like, uh, you know, I'm so spoiled by Law and Order. I love it so much how they actually film here in New York, or they did. SVU still on, but whenever some other show that's supposed to be in New York, but they're filming in LA, I mm-hmm. hate that, and I like, I you, you can so tell yeah. anyway. Um, I have to say that my secret shame. My Law and Order stories, like it, I feel like every actor has been on a Law and Order. I've never yeah. been on Law. Not and Order. Not me. No, me neither. Yeah. Oh, good. Not me. I haven't. If you're listening, Law and Order, <laughs> I would love to be on it. Yeah, well, which Law and Order is left? Is it just 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 for you? Just SPU and they're oh, in there like yeah, billion yeah. season. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, never ever. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think they've yeah they've now done more total seasons than the original Law and Order did. That's right. Maybe we can be on as a murder two prov group. Yes. Dun dun. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> um, cool. Yes, so yeah, let, let let's talk more about the film. So you guys have done a couple of different films together now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. Tell, tell How me many? About Just that. Uh, two? we did. Well, we did uh, oh, double we, D. Oh, we did the double D that. Oh, and we won a prize for that. We did. Yeah, we filmed, about we, it. we did an improvised web series pilot. And by pilot, <laughs> I mean it's the only thing we ever made, and we never made a web series but, from it. But the pilot exists. <laughs> the pilot exists. It's a very self referential concept about a two prov group named Double D. Yeah. Um, and the pilot is just us interviewing potential interns to help us. And we filmed it in Nanette's apartment, 
Nanette has a lovely apartment, but it's spatially challenged, as all New York apartments are. Yeah. Um, and so we set the impro- the Studio we set the um, interview scene in her bathroom because we thought, like, okay, if really if you're a two prov group interviewing someone, like you don't have a lot of space, the interview might actually happen in the bathroom. Yeah, that's pretty funny. We, I like that. At first, we started the interview because um, we have a Murphy bed. You know those beds that you fold <laughs> yeah, down from the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were like, okay, come into our office, and we pull down the Murphy bed and we make him get in bed with us. And, so, <laughs> oh, and then he's awkward. Yeah, that's and there was funny. Tom like Crime, who was like super tall. He's like a hundred feet tall. Yeah, hundred feet. He's a hundred feet tall. I measured him. Exactly. <laughs> um, so he gets uncomfortable. So I, so we say like, well, let's let's move to the other room, and it's a studio, so the other room's the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So we won Best Comedy at Princeton Independent Film Festival. It's Princeton, so they know what they're talking about. Yes, smart people. And where can people find this if they want to see it? Uh, Is it on your website? It's on the website? You know, I should put it on... We have less, a website. Lessons I, in marketing. <laughs> I should put it on the Double D website. Right you now, it's should. it's only on my Vimeo page. Oh, okay. Is it on your website anywhere? I just have the trailer. All right, guys, we'll figure. We'll we'll do I some do administrative backup. Oh, maybe here. I do have it on my. I'm terrible. My website is really out of date. So if you look on my website, it looks like I, I gave up acting like ten years ago. <laughs> but that's because I spent all my time like updating other websites, like updating Erty Info. And, right. Yeah. Um, and eating cheese. So, yeah, I can put it on the Double D website, um, which is, by the way, doubledimprov.com. And we'll post all these different links and everything in the episode notes. Great. So, um... And then we made two other films. Yeah. So, I want to hear about those, and I also want to hear, you know, so, we're in an era now, and uh, Grace and you and I were talking about this a tiny bit off the air earlier, you know... Everybody's making their own content. Everybody's encouraged to make their own content. It's an amazing time. But I think people are either intimidated or scared or whatever. How can I do it? I can't do it. Or it's not going to be quality enough or whatever. And people are doing it with their phones. They're doing it with just little cameras, whatever it is. And you were talking a little bit about um, the difference between a video and a film. Um, but also just in general, you know, people say, don't worry, just do it. Just make something. Just get out. Don't obsess about that it has to be, you know, Hollywood level quality or whatever. Talk about that process. And, and if you really can, just just do it. You know? 100%. Absolutely. Just make stuff. Me and Nanette do it all the time and we don't give a shit about quality. <laughs> that's, what, that's our motto. Quality with a K. <laughs> <laughs> But still a U, not not a W. Well, yeah. koala tea? Like, is um, with a koala bear? Wait a minute. I'm thinking, okay, if koala bears were ever pets, I would start a koala supply business called koala tea. Perfect. Note, note that. I would shop there. Um, um, okay, awesome. koalas are apparently vicious, so I don't think they're going to be pets anytime soon. They're vicious? I heard that. Well, they are wild animals. Yes. Okay. So anyway. they probably have, and they have fleas. <laughs> and they're jerks. <laughs> they're jerks. And the fleas are jerks too. Yeah. Goddamn um, So, yes. I think that should be a given. Like, everyone, take your phone, go out and make stuff. Great. Awesome. What I was talking about before with, um, there's a difference between film and video. 
And I don't mean like actual, you know, 35 millimeter or 16, whatever film and video. I don't mean the physical medium. I mean, like there's a difference between filming a film and filming a funny video. And there's nothing wrong with funny videos. Difference between sketch and shorts. Yeah. And it's, and it has nothing, and it also has nothing to do with money. It has to do with... Yeah, so again, this is something I think a lot of people, myself included, get so preoccupied with is the money. It has nothing to do with money. It has to do with, like, I don't care how shitty your sound is, how shitty your color is, how shitty your lighting is, because you don't have money for those things. How are you composing your shot? And yes, you can compose a shot on an iPhone. How are you... What's your dialogue? What is your pacing? What... What are your beats? What are, how's your editing? Like how's all your those, yeah. how's your performance? Right. All those things don't really cost money. Oh. It takes skill. Yes, it takes skill. And how do you get skill? By doing stuff. Right. It takes work. So yeah, and just by just doing yeah. something over and over and over, that's how you're going to get skill and yeah. you're going to learn from your mistakes. So I don't so I think something, something can be shot on an iPhone and cost $0 and still be considered a film because you put care into all of those, uh, if you want to get really fancy, mise en scène. Uh, (laughs) The mise en scène of a, you know, what's the mise en scène? So like, what are all the things that go into making a really good film? It doesn't necessarily mean like, like I said, the lighting might be shitty, the sound might be shitty, whatever, but you can still get good performances out of your actors. Plus, I have to say, iPhones have really come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. You can shoot some really good-looking stuff on just your regular phone. Yeah, I saw a film um, at uh, Sean Wiggins, who is a really fantastic yeah. improviser and comedian, and he came to see us at Scranton Buckets, at, at uh, Rejects Anonymous, oh, okay. oh, at the Scranton oh, Fringe Festival. Yeah. Sean oh, Wiggins, um, he runs right. something called the Bad Film Fest, which... Is, it's kind of a misnomer. It's not really a bad film fest because some of the films were very, very good. It's more of a weird film fest. Yeah, and also an attitude of like, you know, yeah. fuck it, we're just doing... Just do, yeah, just exactly, doing just line, make just it. Just doing the film. And yeah. um, Double D's film, Don't Blink, was in it. And this was at the end of April. And I went I went to it. It was just in, in Brooklyn, in uh, Williamsburg. And there were many films in it that, I will be honest, were like... Super shitty in terms Let's of name them all. No, no they were they were super <laughs> shitty in terms of lighting and sound and all that stuff. But I would consider them films and not videos because you could tell the filmmaker's intention behind them was to make something really impactful and like they considered their shots carefully and their composition and the actors and. Um, the one opening, the opening scene of one of these films that was like, otherwise, you know, you could tell they had like zero budget to do this with. More line, sure. <laughs> um, one of the opening scenes was this uh, woman, thank you, on a bed, kneeling on a bed, um, strangling an invisible person, but she was like putting her all into it. And she was strangling an invisible person, and I'm not going to spoil the film, but like it comes full circle. Um, It was super inventive and like what a striking opening image for your film and the story it took us through to get full circle with it. Like even though the thing looked like crap 
and I'm sorry whoever made it. Um, I have to give that, that person needs props because they, that was a film. That was a film. Because, apparently, yeah. Apparently because it wasn't because you're talking right, about it because right their now. intention Stay behind it was just so powerful and very specific. And you can tell that person was really trying to make art. I love that. That's all really well said. I like all that. That's absolutely, yeah. Very cool. And so, yeah, tell me about that that other film. What is it? Don't Blink? Oh, yeah. Such a fun film. Um, I have to go to the bathroom, so do you want to talk about it, Annette? Sure. Okay. Are you sure we don't? We, we shouldn't go with you? I mean, it's, I mean, there's no video. We can just sure, keep talking. I'll take it in the bathroom with me. <laughs> Um, I'm only half kidding about that. No, um, Don't Blink. Don't Blink was <laughs> was a, a horror film. Um, God, I don't want to talk about it too much without Grace Ann because she was such a, a driving force behind it. Um, we can wait for we can talk we can wait. About Let's talk about something else. else. We'll talk about Don't Blink. We'll talk about Don't Blink when she comes back. No problem. So uh, I know uh, Erdie just finished uh, their most recent show, and yeah. he said. Uh, at least one of the nights was sold out, which is phenomenal. We had a, Congratulations. We had a, we had a couple of sold out nights. Yeah. And you have another one coming up. I keep forgetting how you do it. It's, it's May 31st is the next show. The end of oh, May, oh, May, May 31st. May 31st, June 1st, 7th and 8th. And that's right. that's it for the season. That's your season. Okay, so that's I have season. to be at this last one. God damn it. It's only been like <laughs> 10 years I've been trying to see one of your freaking shows. Oh my God, I'm so bad. Okay, so yeah, after Memorial Day. Good. May 31st and those two weekends. Yeah. And what is the next one about? What's the what's the concept? Oh, it's called um, Go to Sleep, Stupid Kids. <laughs> and it's actually a sequel to a show we did two years ago that was pretty successful and we had really good audiences for it. The, um, the original show was called Happy Birthday, Stupid Kid. Hmm. And it took place at a 12-year-old's birthday party and it was very audience interactive um, where we had... You, the audience coming in, we're coming to a birthday party. Anyway, so that's the show in the past. The show that we're doing right now is the same character. It's a little different because uh, we have different different actors um, playing the part, but it takes place at a, a 12-year-old girl's slumber party. Um, and Are you talking about Ertie? God damn it. She's hurt us. I'm swearing a lot now. Well, it's you because she didn't feel like I didn't want to talk about talking Blink about the movie you. without you. She didn't feel it was I right. Didn't wanna, I didn't want to. No, I didn't want to talk about it without you. All right. Well, I think Beaker should be here. Why didn't you bring him? Uh, because he's delicate. <laughs> because Chris would be really annoyed. Because he weighs 20 pounds and is delicate, and I'm going to a whiskey bar after this. You don't bring your, you don't bring your, your taxidermy cat out to bars with you? What's wrong with you? Well, you can talk about Don't Blink now. Oh. Well, or you can finish. Oh, finish, finish, finish excuse me, I'm finishing finish my story. Ernie. <laughs> Grayson used to be a member of Ernie, and then mm-hmm. she's like, I got better things to do. <laughs> no, she's. I like focusing on Double D. Yeah. No, that's good. I like Double I like. I like having Double D, too. Um, Minette, so. you're eating that grape like a hamster. <laughs> what is happening? I'm making it last. <laughs> She's nibbling. She's taking the most microscopic nibbles out of this grape right now. She's like um like a video, like a video you might see on Facebook of a porcupine eating a grape. Adorable. That's what she's saying. My eating habits are adorable. adorable. There you go. <laughs> anyway, go to sleep, stupid kids. It's it takes place at a slumber party. The audience coming will be treated as the kids mm. coming to the slumber party. So if you come in dressed in pajamas, 
you can have a front row seat and don't have to pay. So, but make sure that you. Oh really? You just in pajamas? If you come in pajamas and you you email me first, <laughs> so I make sure that I know you're coming. Does I'll does, comp you. does like Lululemon athleisure count? No. What if I wear like, to bed? I don't. I don't. By the way, Lululemon can suck it, and I have a very <laughs> tenuous relationship with them. What did you do? It's what they did. Do they know what they did? Probably not. What did they do? I approached them about sponsorship for, um, I ran a marathon many years ago in Dublin, Ireland, which you're familiar with. Yeah. Um, And I was raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and I had asked them to, like, sponsor me and, like, donate money or something. And they didn't? And they said they were going to, and then they never followed up, and then I tried following up with them. And they ghosted me. <gasps> oh, Lululemon. Lululemon. Shame on you. Lulu sour lemon. <laughs> not making lemonade not out making, of lemons. Not out of making Lululemon. lemonade out of you. <laughs> You're very sour. So again, we will post the links and everything, but the last. But not 30, to Lululemon. No, mm-hmm. not to Lululemon. Mm-hmm. The last mm-hmm. dirty show of the season coming up, the last weekend of May and the first weekend of June. So uh, you're going to want to be there for yeah. that. Um, all right, so the movie, uh, Don't Blink. And her mouth is full. I waited all this time. And she's now sitting here, you know, nodding, chewing. All right, Don't Blink. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Blink stars Beaker, who is, as we've, as we've already detailed, Grace Ann's former cat. Um, and it takes place he's in... The, he's a triple D in the sense that he's dead. Yes, <laughs> Deceased. Deceased. He's a former cat. He's a ex-cat. Um, it takes place at a, a underground staring contest. It's like a an underground staring contest league. It's like Fight Club. I was going to say, mm-hmm. yeah. But with staring contests. I can't believe we're even talking about this. Why? First rule of... Oh! First rule of Blink Club. Oh, good. Don't talk about... I thought it was Don't Blink. Don't podcast about Blink Club. Damn it. Oh, right. Okay. No, that's the second rule. <laughs> second rule. Second rule. First rule first is just don't, don't Blink. Blink. Yeah. Um, so, I don't want to give to... I don't know. Um, you have you to give anything it. away, but it just You'll sounds You'll have to watch it yourself. Yeah. And where can people find that one? Um... Well, it's still on the film festival circuit. Oh, so it's at Long Beach, Long Beach Island. Look, the Lighthouse, Lighthouse International Film Festival, which is on Long Beach Island, New Jersey, not to be confused with Long Island. <laughs> um, Long Beach Island, New Jersey, June 6th through the 9th. I do not know our specific screening time yet. Um, yeah, so it's uh, Nanette... I mean, I've, I memorized the log line. <laughs> Nanette, who is the reigning staring contest champion, mm-hmm. meets her ultimate nemesis. Will she reign supreme or be defeated forever? That's F-U-R. Ever. Yeah, because, uh, dun, 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 not spoiler, Bleaker is a champion staring. Beaker. She said Bleaker. But Bleaker, she meant, Beaker, she Beaker. I mean, Beaker. <laughs> And um, Nanette's husband Robert makes a cameo. Yes, yes, he's he's really he's he's lovely. In yes, it. <laughs> he Robert I think he stole is, the show. Yeah, Robert was the best performer, human or animal, dead or alive. Robert was amazing. Yeah, I don't want to give away yeah. because I know everybody's going to want to go see the show. 
see this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to say though, I do have to give one thing away. Do um, it. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's if you win the staring contest, you get to keep. I'm not giving too much away. You get to keep no. the other person. You get to keep the other person's eyes. Yeah. Whoa. You get to rip them out of the other person's head. This is taking a darker yeah. turn. It's very dark. Eyes. It's very dark. And keep the eyes. And yeah. in my case, eat the eyes. Oh, well, you said it was a horror movie. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. a horror. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Horror, horror is a loose, loosely defined term. <laughs> um, it's very, it's a comedic horror. It was, um, it was in the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival in Seattle back in April. Um, and then it was at the Bad Film Fest in Bush, in uh, not Bushwick, Brooklyn, Williamsburg, at the end of April, and it's going to be at Lighthouse. And, um, and who knows? It was submitted. I submitted it to a bunch of festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, it got rejected from the Weird Film Festival. Was not weird enough. Not apparently not weird enough. It weird. features a dead cat. It features handmade edible eyeballs. Yes, they it's, were delicious. It features a beloved character from one of Guillermo del Toro's movies. Yes. Um, it features car stunts. Mm-hmm. It has everything. Um, it has everything. It has everything you and could ever want. And it's super weird. There's it romance. Has, there's romance. There's a very sexy um, vegan hot dog eating scene. Yeah. Very sexy. Very, very sensual. Yeah. Sensual. Um, it has everything, and the Weird Film Festival rejected it. So, Weird Film Festival, if you're listening to this, which you're not. Good Lord. Weird. Good Lord. Uh, you should just. You they missed that. Good Lord. Sure. But uh, I have to say, like, Grace said, it's very talented at making eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I'm very good. It, they were they were delicious. They were lint chocolates, mm-hmm. white chocolates. That I was going to say, do you want to reveal your recipe for those? Or? I hand-painted <laughs> hand the iris. Onto a white chocolate lint truffle. Then I hollowed out the back of the truffle, scooped out the creamy white chocolate interior, and shoved in a maraschino cherry so that when Nanette ate it, it it just oozed red. Ah, brilliant. Yeah, it's. I spent. I spent my. It's really good. It looks really good. We shot this in February of 2018, and I spent my Valentine's Day. Making edible eyeballs, and it was like the best Valentine's Day ever. It's exactly how Chris had imagined his yes. Valentine's Day. Yes. With you. <laughs> no, but this sounds like I mean, sounds great, and, and that's great about all the festivals. So this was a little more of an involved shoot than the other one, right? Than the, uh, the yeah, uh, the interview slightly one. more. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and I think I uh, forgive me. I think you said this about the other one, but. In both cases, or in the case of Don't Blink, was it um, completely scripted and then you left room to play around and improvise, or was it just scripted? Or It, w- it was scripted yeah. with lots of room to improvise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of room. Yeah. And did you guys... I'm trying to remember. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, yeah. I feel like, though, that's the way that we've, we've always done it. It's, yeah. It's, everything is definitely scripted because we need to know what the timetable is and what's needed and the song is set up. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, but then we improvise a little but bit. But then the actual dialogue is very improvised. Yeah. Um, the most recent film we did, uh, Les Mille More, um, which I don't, it doesn't really translate to anything. I just liked the alliteration of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Yes, I'm. I am not French, but I <laughs> I have said so many French words she's, today. Yeah. She's French adjacent. Mon Dieu, <laughs> uh, I'm French adjacent. Um, the latest film we did, Les Me More, was actually that was purely scripted, heavily, like not chore I, choreographed is like too strong of a word, but like. It was very stylized, which means you have to do it very scripted. And um, we shot it on the beach at Coney Island with no sound because all the dialogue was going to be dubbed in French later. And I had already had the words written, like I had already written the script. So the, the, French translation of that script, it is what it is, and you weren't going to hear our words anyway, so there was, you couldn't really improvise. Um, I'm making this sound very confusing. So we said, when we, when we acted on camera, we actually said the words in English, so you could see our mouth, no, our, our mouth, you could, you could, if you could read lips, you could see our mouths were saying the words in English, right. but then I had a French-speaking friend of mine she did the whole script in French, um, and she's a, also a voice actor. So she, she has did a the, lovely voice. She did the different characters and different voices, but it's all the same voiceover artist. Um, and then I went in and did subtitles in English. So I just wanted to add layers of ridiculousness to it. It was so silly, but it's it's really pretty. <laughs> um, so it looks great, and and like I had a friend of mine. Um, do color on it, so it's this really beautiful, like creamy black and white. Coney um, Island never looked so good. Coney Island never. I mean, yeah. you 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 could have had Coney Island whitefish all over that place, and they looked would have looked great. <laughs> Those are condoms. Those are used condoms. Coney oh, Island whitefish. Oh. Well, Coney Island is a great real location to use anyway. Uh, so that sounds extremely cool. Um, you would be and amazed how many joggers, though, are kind of coming through your shot. Sure. They'll, they'll, they'll the come through of your winter. shot. Of we shot this in the, we shot this in February at Coney Island, and there's so many fucking morons out there just like walking around. Like, yeah. what are you doing out in Coney Island in February? Go or, away. Or walking around <laughs> with a metal detector. What do you think you're gonna find? Cans, just cans. Just, well, I don't know. Coney, my father. That's like my my dad's dream is to like <laughs> go metal detecting on a New York City beach. Really? Yeah. Lots oh yeah. Oh yeah. He thinks he's gonna make he's gonna it get a big, ring or something. Big time. Big time. Yeah. Do you have to get permission from the city to shoot at Coney Island? No. Not if wow. not if all your if you're using a camera that is just on a tripod and no lights on a tri like no lights on a stand, you can shoot wherever. Anywhere. You, anywhere. Yeah. You can, you only need permission when it, it gets bigger than that. Like I if you, no yeah, if you put like, if you put lights on a stand, uh -huh. like the, we didn't even use any lights. We just used the sun. God's light. That's yeah. very good to know. As long as I you can truck things in and out. The baby Jesus's light. <laughs> That's very good to know. I did yeah. not know that. So yeah. one so, you know, camera like, on a tripod. Mm-hmm. Nothing else, you're good. You can have lights as long as they're like battery operated and like you're holding, holding them. Holding them, okay. Do you know yeah. there's a story um, with Terminator, the first Terminator movie, that the, the final shots they were shooting, I don't know where that was, Mexico or something, where they're outside the, the gas station. Um, they were 
they were trying to get done. They were almost done. They got pulled over. Cop came over. Was like, oh, what's going on there? And they're like, oh, we're just a little student film. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And if all else fails, just say you're a student. Yeah. It's like because they didn't have that much equipment. And it was like really a low budget thing. And they're like, oh, we were just a little student film. Yeah. Amazing. You know, I didn't know that one either. Yeah. So you guys have been busy. That's so cool. And is this one out on the festival circuit as well? Yeah, this one this one has been submitted to festivals. We, it already did we, Women Comedy yep, Festival. We yeah. just had our premiere at the Women in Comedy Festival, which I was very, very excited about because Nanette and I had made two films before, specifically for this festival. One of them was Don't Blink, and it didn't get in. And we made a Shocking. we made a very Shocking um, little little scene film called the bad seed. Oh yeah, do you remember that? I forgot about that. Yes, Nanette. Nanette. <laughs> yes. Well, Nanette. Well, it's my that's my point of view. <laughs> it was Nanette, just a plant. Nanette. Nanette is very is very mean to my houseplant. Yes. And the houseplant gets its revenge. Um, so for the past. Three years, we have made something express, uh, expressly for the Women in Comedy Festival because they have a contest where um, they give you the first line of dialogue. So you have to make a five-minute film uh, using that first line of dialogue. Um, so we made Bad Seed, and that did not get in. Every year, obviously, the dialogue changes. And then last year, we made Don't Blink, where the first line of dialogue had to be... Um, Show I'll, me what you got. I'll take whatever you oh, got. Oh, I'll take whatever you got, yeah. yeah. Um, and then this year, the first line of dialogue had to be, um, try hard, none of it matters. So that's, from that line of dialogue, we made Le Mien More. Um, and that finally got in. It got in. Yeah. It's, it is amazing. Yeah. It's only one of five films. So, like, that's insane. Congratulations. It was yeah. only one of five that got in to the Women in Comedy Festival. See, I didn't realize that. I, could, I yeah. wasn't able to go because I had an early show, so Grayson was the, the rep. So in the first weekend of May, I went to Boston, which is where I got this lovely, lovely men's t-shirt <laughs> at Goodwill. <is> gorgeous. <laughs> uh, gorgeous. You put and, a belt uh, around it. It's a mini yeah. dress. <laughs> it kind of is, you know. Um. Uh, yeah, so, and I've submitted it to a bunch of other festivals, um, and so we'll see. That's really fantastic, and again, it's very inspiring, you know, like we talked about, just do it, just make stuff, it's, that's so great. Yeah, stop waiting to be invited to the party, because no one's going yeah, to. Yeah, no one's going to invite so you to the party. so much harder to get invited, yeah. They and are, you can be a lot more creative, because you're doing it yourself. Right, yeah. they only invite you to the party after you've made... 50 things yourself these days that yeah. seems to be more and more true and everybody says it yeah absolutely cool well as we start to wind down here uh, i'm just is... getting started lee where okay. the hell do you think you're going yeah sit back down hey you no. said you had a birthday party <laughs> actually to i have to, to go to my I friend kevin say. howard's birthday party at go. american whiskey <laughs> are you promoting his birthday party <laughs> everyone come down to um, well, unless this they hear... This isn't yeah. live. It's yeah. not live. Not live. Not live. <laughs> you do have some very disappointed people coming out like the next day or two. Guys, you know, missed the party. You missed a great party at Kevin Howard's party at American Whiskey. God, that place was great. Um, but uh, so as we start to, to wind down a little bit, um, any other... Uh, 
current or upcoming projects you want to talk about? We already mentioned the, the final yeah, earnings show final of the season coming up. Yeah. And then, um, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing, Annette? Well, we need to get on the ball. And I know. Some shows. Well, do you guys have any double do shows coming up? No, um, oh. and we should. So, Nanette, um, I think we need to refocus our energies when you're er- when earnings over. Yep. We need to refocus our energies and start getting live shows for Double D again. Yeah. Um, I've I've. My work life has been, if anyone cares, my work life has been crazy and like the whole film festival stuff has been crazy. Um, So yeah, double, if anyone's listening and wants to give Double D a show, give us a call. We're about, we're doubledimprov.com. So check us, so uh, check us out. Contact us. (laughs) Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your work? What's your day job? You said your work life is crazy. Uh, my day job is I have a, I, I, I co-own along with my husband, a special effects cinematography studio. Oh, so still in the filmmaking universe. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it is. It's kind of, it's like separate in a way because, um, what, what we do in our day job is like not narrative at all. Oh, okay. It's all very focused on commercial stuff and sure. um, in-camera special effects. And they and are awesome. Their it, work is so good. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. And um, in-camera special effects means special effects that are real, actual things that you can film with a camera as opposed to special effects that are made with a computer. Right. It's kind so, of amazing, like seeing some of the special effects, knowing that that was not CGI or yeah. Digitally so we we do a lot Especially of we do a lot of product work, commercial stuff. We are doing a lot of show titles and show packaging lately. Um, we have a project coming up next week with Showtime, and that's all nice. I can that's say about cool. that. Um, so we have to guess what it is. <laughs> well, well, you'll see. I signed an NDA. NDA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Have some more wine. Let's see what that NDA is. <laughs> um, I mean, we've done we've worked with Showtime in the past too, um, and they're really super great clients to work with. Um, so, uh, ChristopherWebb.tv is where you can see our my what I do at my day job. Um, and did did your husband did did. Did one of you have this before you guys were together? Or did you guys start it together? We, we built it together. Fantastic. So when I met him, he was a burgeoning cinematographer. Uh, and then um, we actually built the business together and took it in this direction Standard. together. So you guys are both yeah. killing it. That's awesome. Wow. I love that. That's pretty cool. That really is. Yeah. All right. Well, um, again, we're going to post all the different links and everything. But if you guys just want to remind everybody again, the uh, the group website is doubledimprov.com, is it? Yep. Yes. It kind of reads as double dimprov. D-I-M-P-R-O-V. And again, we'll post links to your your other websites and any other social media you like and the films and whatever else. Um, Cool. Well, this has been uh, really fun. Thank you guys so much. Anything you want, of course. Nanette? Yes, Grace Ann. What I like most about you as an improv partner is... 
I know you always have my back. Like when I'm at a total loss for what the fuck to do on stage, like if I look at you, I know you have something. Oh, you're, you're such you're such an amazingly dependable improv partner. And what I love about you, Grace Ann, my turn for a compliment now. <laughs> See how she set that up? <laughs> is that you are brilliantly funny and always fun to perform with. I feel the same way that I always trust you on stage. I'm Thank never you. left hanging. And you always have something great. And oh, it's thanks. just, I just have a blast performing with this one. Aw, thanks for the wine, Nanette. You're welcome. Yes, Nanette, thank you for hosting us. Thank, thank you, you Lee, food. for Thank you, Lee, oh, for the no, interview. Please. This was great. All right, well, uh, what a beautiful note to go out on. Uh, you guys are terrific. And um, if anybody wants to reach me about the podcast for any reason, you can email Craft Business Life Podcast. That's all one word, craftbusinesslifepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, until next time, bye-bye.